Hello, skateboarders. Welcome to TSM Live Show Season 6, Episode 2. I'm your host, Tommy Zam. <laughs> this episode's guests are Boaz Aquino, Darren Cookiehead Jenkins, and music by The Dick Dialers. You guys ready to get this show started? Let's do this. He's a man. Mayonnaise. Manholes. Mannequin. Manicures. Manifesting. Man. Cologne ads are weird. This is Dr. Squatch Spray Cologne. High-performance, long-lasting cologne made with natural, sustainably sourced ingredients that let you smell like nature intended. Minus the junk in your average stink spray that could sabotage your swimmer. And stop paying the luxury markups. Oh, it smells like our cologne will leave you smelling like woodland pine. Rugged. Bold. Masculine. Glacial Falls. Fresh. Energizing. Cool. And Fireside Bourbon. Rich. Woodsy. Warm. Go to DrSquatch.com today and join the millions of great smelling men in the Squatch Nation with Dr. Squatch Cologne. Smell like nature intended. What's up, homie? How you doing? Good, good. So good to finally be here and meet you. I know, meeting in person. I always talk to you on Instagram, like, what, so many times? Yeah. <laughs> I think even before Instagram, no? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, we started, I think we started TSM 12 years ago, and I, that's when I started getting into um, Israel skateboarding, you know, the skate scene yeah. and stuff like that. And I think, I can't remember who the first one, first person I talked to over in Israel I think it was, a, it was a photographer. So I think he, was, he always filmed you all the time. I remember his name. Mm, Pichon, maybe? It might be. You know, you know we'll probably get hated on for getting the wrong name, right? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't have too many photographers, so it was like maybe Shy. Well, I know he shot a lot of photos with like punk rock music and stuff like that. He was a lot in the heavy metal music, and he was from America. He, his parents were from America. I can't remember. Oh, Baranga, maybe? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Las Baranga. Yeah. Yes. Damn, that's long. Oh, damn, we know yeah. each other that long. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. He's like an old OG. I know. Uh, so what was it like skateboarding in Israel? Um, so I started in, in the 80s, 86, I think I got my first skateboard. And Do you remember what it was? It was like a, it was called Holly with an H, mm -hmm. and it was kind of a yellow knockoff uh, from the east. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I got into it in the first place from uh, watching uh, Back to the Future. Oh, the op man. opening scene. The first one? Yeah, the first one, <laughs> the opening scene where he's kitching in the back of the truck. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, like, what, five, six years old, being like, wow, this is the coolest thing I ever saw in my life. Like, Nothing is as colorful as this thing right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, asked, I remember asking my mother for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And she said, uh, you're too young, wait for your sixth birthday. And then I remember calling my grandmother and being like, hey, you think you can buy me a skateboard for my sixth birthday? My mom said it's okay, but buy it and don't tell her. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how I got the first one. And there wasn't really a, barely a scene mm -hmm. in Israel. There was a very like, Maybe one skate park and. Um, what, was it like the skate park like now, or is it like more wooden? Or oh yeah, wooden skate park okay. the, uh, next to the river, and you know, kind of maybe the wood is a little damp. Mm -hmm. There used to be a half pipe. Um, 
mean, what do you want to know? There's some, um, and then what part of Israel did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up around Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, Aviv okay. Yeah, that's the central area. Next and, to the, and that's a big skateboard mecca area, ain't it? R so in recent years, mm -hmm. uh, after the year got uh, a lot of development, mm -hmm. uh, it's just a one big skate spot. And it's a small uh, city compared to uh, other, other big cities in the world. And it's very dense. Mm -hmm. And imagine just preferred flat ground. It's kind of a hidden Barcelona, I would even say. Because you guys got that one spot that I want to go. If I ever go to Israel, whenever I go to Israel, I want to skate. It's that one was like, uh, it's kind of like um, the one spot in Barcelona, but they had like all the cement benches and everywhere. It's always in the skate videos. The Golda? Yes, Golda. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's like a spot since 95. It's like a plaza. Mm -hmm. It's kind of our EMB or our love park. Yeah. And uh, I have actually been in the first session there. It was like me and two other friends. We went after the skate park. We heard of a new spot above a parking lot. Mm -hmm. People used to skate the parking lot. It was like a downhill there, and then they built that on the top. And it's outside of the museum. And yeah, it's an amazing spot. Like you never get kicked out. And uh, I don't know that. And now they're actually working uh, with the city hall to remake the whole uh, place more skatable and like make real obstacles there. What? And, yeah. So, so basically, the government in Israel is more supportive for skateboarding than it is in America, correct? Mm. Or not? Or not really? I mean, we don't have rules against skateboarding like out here. Mm. It's not illegal. Um, and you got more. There's there's bigger trouble over there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I feel like the people are not looking to kick out skateboard. Like if kids are skating, they're kind of happy they're skating, unless the the kids are being like uh, you know on a respect and then yeah. Graffiti in the wall. Yeah, or like there's always the crazy neighbor who will throw a, um, a glass of his tea. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, you, it you have poured on it? Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Or like they throw the glass, the actual glass. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So you're skating down the street, pop a kick, flip, and all of a sudden. Yeah, under somebody's house. For <laughs> if you do it for too long. <laughs> um, if, you, if you take too many tries. Oh, too many tries. Yeah, but. Uh, and in, you guys in, in recent years, it's a mecca for skateboarding. Yeah. There's also a l over. 10, I would say, uh, highest quality skate parks in yeah. the country right now. With each one has like a pool section, a street section, all built by like uh, the Grindlight crew and a uh, few more uh, mm -hmm. that came here from California to build it. A few more crews. It's just like uh, mushrooms after the rain. You and, know? and do you feel like the, the like it's hard from being coming from Israel? to get into the um, skateboard industry? From so it used to be, like growing up, it really used to be, but I feel mm -hmm. like now with the internet and with the Instagram and um, everybody having the, the, you know, the camera in their pockets, mm -hmm. then it opened, it's much more available, right? To, for, to even to learn it and to study it, because back in the day, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have a, on TV skateboarding, like you get one magazine and you study it like the Bible, mm -hmm. you know? and. You, you learn, like uh, we were hanging out with uh, your legendary guest earlier, mm -hmm. and it reminded me the stuff that he was showing us, just like a, a little bit from what he has, he's going to show probably later. Um, that, like, that's your vocabulary, that's where it comes from. Like, from the, that magazine that you start, you had a magazine and you had it for five years, mm -hmm. especially living all the way there. Um, it was hard to get stuff like that. Like yeah, so that's what I mean. It, now it's I feel like if like it's even more uh, the language of skateboarding is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Before it was you know you, pockets you'd have like pockets. Mm -hmm. um, so it was yeah it was harder and also a lot of barely any tours came 
to really? to Israel in the, I, I want to say in the 80s I think only um, there was like a power guy that w came uh, I think Todd, Todd Congelier I think okay. came uh, with another guy once I think that that was it for example but, and yeah. there was also a, a Israel Pro that came out there too wasn't there Pro skater or something like that I remember someone was telling me there was a, a pro, uh, somebody a pro skater came out of Israel I can't remember his name Avi maybe I think so. Avi Luzia, maybe? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, he used to, yeah, he lived here for a while in San Diego. Yeah, and that's he, it was. he was amped for maybe City Stars or another company that, like, City Stars owned mm -hmm. under the same distribution, something like that. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah. And so, I mean, but what people don't understand, there's so much skateboard history in Israel. Oh, yeah, for sure. For I sure. I mean, because, I mean, you guys didn't have, like, how America, how we have, like, skate shops and, and this, like that, because you guys had to wait for, magazines to come to you by the time magazines come to you it's already oh we were like three years before yeah. uh, behind always yeah yeah so i had a period where i kind of i started skating around age six mm -hmm. and i had a period between i want to say age 10 to 11 no age uh, 11 to 13 mm -hmm. that i didn't really skate then i went back into skating and the boards went from being really big and heavy to to me it looked like freestyle boards all of a sudden doors. yeah and from being a kid that couldn't pop the board all of a sudden I could do big ollies <laughs> and I was like I had this all this new love when I was 13 for skateboarding like oh wow with these new skateboards that they, the crazy people in America developed <laughs> we can jump higher right they snap faster but You're we like can, not me <laughs> yeah. but uh, so yeah that's um, that's how we that's my experience of like kind of being behind it every time mm -hmm. a little bit um, and I like in my years of skating and being sponsored in Israel and doing events and contests I really pushed for uh, people to come to tour Israel and come check it from the s skateboard uh, mm -hmm. point of view because it's always on the news on other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's the reality that you experience and then there's the reality that you see in the news. And mm -hmm. Just like being a skateboarder and maybe having a different, uh, um, different angle, yeah, angle. On, on, on life mm -hmm. there, I really wanted other people to come and share like skateboarding there because you know, it's the best. It's a beautiful country. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I've seen videos from, you know, from all you guys, you know, and, and it, to me, it's like such a beautiful country. And, and just, just to see how skateboarding and and talking to you guys, talking to you and talking to other Israel skaters and stuff um, and hearing their experience and them growing up and, and, and learning that, like, it's like it's like you said. It's a mini Barcelona, you know. They, they'd let you skate. Yeah. You know, here in America, they're like got rules and this and this. They want you to skate a skate park, but if you skate a skate park, we're still going to give you a ticket because not mm. wearing a helmet. But mm. in Israel, they're like, hey. I mean, now that, now that they have all these skate parks, they might crack on some areas, you yeah. know, in some cities because now they have a skate park, they can send them there. But uh, generally, um, yeah, like I said, it's not like here. It's like illegal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like. Because They're not chasing you down. Yeah, no, nobody's chasing you. You're down. not jumping fences, yeah. and uh, like I said, only if you're disturbing the the peace of the public, right? Only thing you do is getting Too thrown much. as a coffee cup in your yeah. head, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pouring tea on you. You know, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And and so you were sponsors in Israel. What companies did you write for? Um, you know, I had I went through the route of uh, kind of there was a sketch shop that started uh, in Tel Aviv, and I was pushing, uh, uh, helping them push the scene, doing events, um, bringing more awareness. To skateboarding, doing demos, mm -hmm. uh, doing a video, doing a tour, um, and then we got involved with uh, Red Bull doing uh, an event mm -hmm. in uh, at Golda. 
We, oh, okay. I think I remember a, that. Because uh, I just did a monster thing too. Yeah, but that's like, uh, I'm talking like almost like 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, no, 15 years ago. Good job. Got to make yourself sound a little bit younger, right? <laughs> and, um, and I got sponsored by them and I started doing a contest in Europe and Eastern mm -hmm. Europe. And then I uh, got involved with the Element distributor in Israel. Okay. And was writing for them and we started a team and we're doing, we were doing, yeah, so. That's good, dude. I mean, that's great. I'm, I'm stoked to see that there's, you know, skate companies, there's now, you know, what you have done, you have paved the way to, to let these companies come into Israel and see it now, you know, and, and that's very awesome to do. We had some really cool tours. Like we had the iPass team came mm -hmm. for a tour and we had a, an article in a Slap magazine and we had an article in a... You had an Antihero 2 come out there. Yeah, Antihero came. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of cool Yeah, there was like, a, I feel like a good 10 years where a lot of people were coming mm -hmm. through the country and getting footage and... I'm talking about footage, you gave us a footage. Tell us about this footage <laughs> you were about to watch. So um, I have, uh, like in, and now I moved here to Los Angeles a year and a half ago. Okay, and welcome to America. Thank you. <laughs> and um, in Israel, I used to run a store uh, and to work with the half distributors and Stussy distributors and just, you know, Mm -hmm. That's what I know. That's my language. That's the, that's what I can the, the gospel I want to spread. Yeah. And during that time, I was like a team manager, so I accumulated a lot of footage, and I was pushing the other riders, and mm -hmm. I never got to use my footage. So coming here, I'm going over my hard drive. I'm like, okay, let me set up a, uh, like a part from all this footage, and I ended up with like a daytime and nighttime part. Mm -hmm. So I just took a few little things from it and. Send it to you so you can, you know, right. show that I also skate. I don't just stalk. Are <laughs> you know I mean? Are you ready to show the world? Sure. All right, guys. Check it out right here. That was sick, dude. Thank you. Respect. That was such good stuff, especially the, the night footage and everything. And that little underground spot, where was that? That little, that little like, what, the cement? Was it underneath the bridge or something? I'm not sure. But you don't remember what's under the, <laughs> the little DIY spot, the little underneath the bridge? Damn, I don't remember. You don't remember? That's, 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 that's a lot of footage. <laughs> DIY spot? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, 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 man, you're on point. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> we went outside, you told me you don't remember. Okay. Um, DIY. So that's the DIY in Natania. Okay. Uh, that's actually a lot of the guys that you had uh, on the show 
used to skate that spot a lot. Oh, that, that, see, I've never seen Like that the spot. Israeli guy, like Tomer and everybody, yeah. everybody skated there. See, I've never seen footage from They that have spot. a big skate park now, mm -hmm. and the city hall came there one day and just flattened the whole uh, DIY, yeah. Dude, that spot was yeah. sick, dude. And we had, like, lights in there and everything. I saw like, that. Yeah. So, dude, that was a double. So there is also, yeah, I didn't talk about that. There was a big DIY scene. It's just, like, kind of quiet because it goes into, like, buildings that are abandoned, and they'll take over the, the bottom floor and make a... Skate park there, dusty yeah. forever, you know, but sick skate park. <laughs> dude, that's, yeah. that spot was sick, dude. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I, I gotta know where this spot's at, you know? <laughs> yeah, Natanya, yeah, they have an amazing skate park now with a, a snake rod that leads into a huge bowl section. It's, yeah. and, and is that, is that the one that uh, Anti Hero, Hero helped build? Because I know Anti Hero came out there and they built it like a DIY do, a do spot. So I, I feel like that. Oh, the DIY spot. Yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, no, that's, that's the same one. one? Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, oh, not the same one I skated. No, that's a different one. That one is Tel Aviv. The one I skated was in uh, Natania. Natania, okay. which is forty minutes up the coast. Okay. Yeah. And then, so you say you, 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 a year and a half you came to America. So, how, what made you come over here? Uh, family, so, friends, what? So my, I was originally born in California, okay. in Northern California. My my father is from Northern California. He's like. Um, Native American, uh, Mexican, Filipino background. Oh, wow, you're, you're a mix of everything. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Right. And, and my mother came, my mother is from Israel. Okay. And when they, they divorced when I was two years old and she moved back to Israel. Mm -hmm. So I always had this thing in my head that I kind of wanted to come here because all my influences are like, you know, skateboarding and music and all comes from California and this mm -hmm. culture here. But uh, I was doing my own thing there, believing in like, maybe I have a calling to push skateboarding in this place that is... Uh, more, uh, a lot of tragic stuff happens there, and not too much of the light, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and skateboarding is like a light, you mm -hmm. know, in, in my life at least. Yeah. So, um, so I was doing that for a while, but time is rough over there, yeah. I gotta say, especially for young people, creative people. Um, and my, w my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, uh, which I met in Tel Aviv, mm -hmm. she's originally from Los Angeles, and okay. she was living 10 years in Tel Aviv. Uh, her dad, uh, a legendary penthouse photographer from the 70s. No way. He's Israeli. No way. So he, she, did, she had one point in her life, she went to check out Israel for like a, a month and ended up staying for 10 years. Because she met you, right? Uh, halfway she met me. <laughs> but, uh, and she was like, hey, maybe we go back and check that out. Maybe you'll have... Maybe it's nicer over there, you yeah. know, like, it's nice here, it's a beautiful vacation in Tel Aviv if you go, but like, life is a, is a little hard, here. yeah, so, we're trying it out here, and we, you know, we like it right now. And, and, and what are you doing here, are you skating, or you uh, I'm so I, 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 um, so Shalom Clothing, okay. up from Santa Cruz, mm -hmm. which uh, um, I hooked up a few years ago, and they've been hooking me up with like, uh, clothes. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna do some. They wanna come down here and do some events soon. And uh, so, you're welcome to follow them. Shalom, Shalom Closing on okay. Instagram and look out for their coming events. I think they're gonna do it with you also. Yeah, something. Yep. June 21st. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, skateboarding. Go skateboarding day. Yep. Go skate day. And um, Caravan Skateboards. Mm -hmm. uh, they started uh, giving me some boards. And I met a crew. Um, Kevin Horn is a is a a filmer and photographer and he's been working on a VX project mm -hmm. and I ended up kind of getting a part in that video and oh, going out in the weekends with them. That's sick. And like I'm, I just turned 42 so the last thing I thought is I'm going to be working on a street part mm -hmm. in LA. <laughs> uh, you didn't expect that at 42, Six months right? before I moved here I broke my left foot oh, shit. In, in Israel, not skating. 
house accidents. <laughs> so the last thing I thought was I'll be skating here, you know? Yeah. So that's been happening. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my wife had our first child here. Congratulations. Uh, so I think we're here to stay, man. You're here for good. Yeah. All right, cool, yeah. cool. And then um, one last thing before we take off. Do you have anything you want to say to the upcoming skaters, uh, you know, the skaters that live in Israel that, want, that, that look um, up to you, that want to be where you're at now? Uh, anything you want to say? Do you. Do what you want to do, you know. Keep skating, have fun with it. You don't want to be me. Be, do you, you know. Think what I would have done, but do you. <laughs> if I'm your hero, you know. I don't know, but that's how what I say people. Choose a hero and think what he would have done. Don't do what he does, you know? <laughs> Don't do what I do, do yeah. what he does. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, man. man. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so hell much, yeah. man. And hey, stick around because we got the Dick, the dick Dialers coming Oh, on. hell yeah. I, I got their pin right here. You got man. their I'm pin? Ready. I'm ready for the show. All right, we'll see that yeah. pin real quick. Oh! Yeah. Yo, they jam out. Check them out. What's up, guys? How you doing? Oh, man, solid. How's it going, man? I'll reach over there a little bit. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. And, yeah. and tell the audience who, what each one of you guys do and what you play. Yeah, my, um, my name is Scotty Schmidt. Um, I play guitar and sing in, in the Dick Dollars. Okay. Yeah. And I'm Kenny Gildar. I play drums. Maddie, I play the bass. There you go. The bass player is the most important thing to play, dude. Yes, it is. Other than the drums, you know, you got to have a good drummer. I'm important too. Yeah, he is important. <laughs> so, how'd you guys come up with the name? I'm, I'm very curious about this, man. Like, how'd you guys come up with the Dick Dollars? Well, the aliens kind of brought it to us. It was, uh, really? Well, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it had something to do with... Do you want me to say it? Yeah, go ahead. Um, we just wanted to sw switch the band name, and I was butt dialing people at that time in my life, I guess. And uh, you mean butt dialing or dick dialing? It was butt dialing, but then <laughs> we were coming up with names, and Scotty said dick dialers. I just instantly was like, that has to be the name. But hold on, what was the previous name? Criminal negligence. Okay, yeah, I like I like the dick dialers better. Yeah, 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 it's got more punch, huh? yeah. yeah. definitely good. And then how do you guys meet up? Were we all like previous bands or something, or what? 
Well, I met Kenny when he first moved out here from uh, Baltimore, and uh, we were playing a little bit, and uh, we just started fucking around, and then we met Manny soon after, and uh, yeah, Craigslist. Kinda... We met Manny on Craigslist. Yeah, I'm a Craigslist guy, you know. It, it, <laughs> you it, it happens, man. We it didn't happens. get robbed. <laughs> it just got a bass player. Yeah. So we were like looking up, like, hey, we were looking for a drum bass player. What's going on? It was some funny Craigslist yeah. post, or yeah, so. <laughs> so I responded to their uh, Craigslist post, and uh, that's the funniest thing I ever heard, dude. <laughs> and then, and then they uh, mentioned something about uh, just you know, just don't be a fruit booter. And then, and then I responded, goes, yeah, well, you know, I love walks on the beach, and, you know, <laughs> rollerblading, rollerblading. Yeah. You know, I was like, is he serious? Like, in my shorts, yeah. You know, that was and, a great uh, response. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I thought he might be serious. I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> So then, you know, we got together and uh, made some music, and uh, here we are. Excited. That's rad. We met Manny right when COVID shut everything down. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. So was, how hard was that for you guys? That was great, because he had a garage. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know, we had something to do. Now. Yeah, so, yeah so we had a fucking, we were able to plug in and, you know, yeah. and get the cops called a few times, you know, all that kind of shit. You know, cops and, came a lot of times, you know? like a few times. Even during yeah. COVID? They, 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 yeah. That's right, they had nothing to do. The Signal Hill Police, man. Oh, yeah. They're fans. They're yeah, fans. and prior to joining these guys, I mean, I started playing bass when I was in my uh, early 20s, late 20s. No, okay. early 20s, and then I stopped for decades, and, you know, I'm 50 this year. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks, and uh, so I got together with these guys, and for the, because of these guys, I'm, you know, I'm getting that feel of loving to play music again. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like, awesome. it's, a, it's, it's awesome, it's a dream. Who, who did, you used, did you used to play before with somebody? You know, I used to, you know, yeah, you know, friends, and, you know, but never anything where we, you know, put anything on wax or, but, uh, but this is, you know. It's the real deal right here. Real deal. And then, and then how'd you get into music? Oh, man. I mean, when I was a little kid, like, my dad, my dad saw Jimi Hendrix play in uh, what? D.C., That's you sick. know, and, like, he had Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. Um, I remember he showed me. I got into Black Sabbath because of Wayne's World soundtrack. <laughs> and I told him, I was right like, on. Dad, this band Black Sabbath. And he goes, hey, check this out. And he shows me this self-titled Black Sabbath vinyl, and he goes, don't tell kids at school that you have this, because this is like for bad people. <laughs> and, uh, but it blew my, Black Sabbath just blew my mind. Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, and then punk came later. Yeah. yeah. Who was your favorite punk band? I mean, if I, I'm from the D.C. area, so I have to say Bad Brains. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just bad Brains. The old you know, bad Brains for you, too? Oh, and yeah. What about you? Hi. I, I've got some, I don't know, man, you know, it's so hard. DOA is probably, I've seen them so uh, much. Uh, Big Boys, Bad Brains, definitely up there. So many bands, you know, so I can't say I have a favorite. You know? Aggression. There's plenty of bands I don't like. <laughs> well, which one you don't like? I'm uh, all that shit that came out in the 90s, man. Uh, not all of it. There's some great shit, too. But, uh, well, but well, all that crap is like that. Nirvana? Super, no, I'm not talking about Nirvana, no. Uh, I'm from Seattle. And, uh, oh, okay, my bad. Anyways, <laughs> I actually saw Nirvana open for DOA when they were like a small band. You know? Yeah. Um, but all that shit, like, like ugh, I don't want to offend anyone here, but Guttermouth and oh, all no, that no, shit. You're not offending me on that. Right. You're not offending me on that. You, you name the bands, <laughs> man. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think my first punk band was actually Agent Orange. Oh, yeah, great. It was when yeah. they were, well, they were supposed to retire, but they never retired. Yeah. But they dropped out this little, like, small orange, like, record player, record thing. 
Oh, like and a seven inch yeah. or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah that was like, that was my first punk, and then after that, then I got into L. I saw L. Seven, and, yeah. and then I saw like Green Day when they first came out before mm-hmm. they came Who They Are, and then Face to Face and No That's Effects. Awesome, man, man. And I think my gnarliest one I seen was Guar. Oh, Dude, yeah. uh, my mom, my mom <laughs> met the singer of Guar in D.C. Oh, really? And he wrote me a thing that says "To Kenny Die." <laughs> <laughs> oh, did did he know that? Did he know about South Park, or did we just? Um, no, he drew like a little Simpsons character. Um, he saw my mom sitting at the bar and he just sees this middle-aged suburban mom. Was, was he like hitting on her? I think maybe, she She says maybe a little bit. And, um, but yeah, he wrote that for me. He passed away, which really sucks, man. Yeah. But uh, meeting him, I was like, oh my God, it's Dave Rocky, you know? And uh, they were from Virginia near DC where I grew up. Yeah. So. And then, so you guys about to um, play a song. Tell us about the song you guys about to play. Well, the song is basically about drugs, you know, not in a good sense either. Like, uh, like, like getting clean, like quitting doing drugs, and then and then fucking up again. Hearing the hearing the voice call, you know what I mean? Like yeah. anybody who's an addict might be able to understand or relate to that, you know. And uh, you know, um, it's yeah, that kind of shit. You know, most of our songs are kind of you know tongue in cheek, fucking violence shit, you know, whatever, and just <laughs> fucking around, you know. And, uh, but that one kind of I wrote actually during during a hard time in my life. What I don't I hate sounding like this. I was like I wrote that song. Like, <laughs> like, like, like pretentious, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lame. candles, but. Uh, <laughs> But that's when I wrote it was when I was going through some shit, you know what I mean? Uh, um, yeah. Manny so, wrote the music, most of it. Yeah, yeah I did. You know, yeah. I just, like, did the bass line, I said, here guys, and we all came up with it, and uh, Scotty's the, the lyricist, you know, because I had a you know, great upbringing, so I had a little tragic <laughs> story, you know, so, but I'll, I'll get mine, I'll get mine. Well, cool, cool. Well, I'm ready to check this out. You guys ready to jam it out on oh, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Here we go, right? Coming right up.
Thank you. Dude, that was fucking sick, dude. You guys yes, jam you. out, oh, kill yeah. it, dude. Like, that was such a great Thank song, you. man. Yeah. It, and you got a book, dude. Yes. Tell us about this book right here. Here, I'll let you hold well, it. Well, all right, yeah. It's called Burden of Concrete by William S. Hayes. Oh, it's a long story of how that, that's my birth name. I go by Scotty. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, this is my book. It's a, it's a memoir. Um, I wrote it um, over the course of a few years, and it was, it was put out by Punk Hostage Press. Um, Jack Grisham, TSOL, edited it. Um, we sat together, went through it, and, and tightened it up. And uh, yeah, it's basically a story of my upbringing, and uh, but like incarceration, being in the system, which was fucking hell, and uh, um, all the bullshit that goes inside, and whatever, whether it's uh, drug debts, the racism, the the bullshit from the guards, whatever it is. And so it's, it's all and shit. Like it, there's a lot of like. <laughs> like fifis and you know um skateboarding <laughs> yeah a little skateboarding you know music and all that you know tied into there but but it's mostly about the the system and my experiences going through the system not from the standpoint of a, a hardcore or a dude who's acting hardcore it's more from a, a man who's keeping it i'd like to think at least that i'm trying to keep it real with my fear and everything else you know yeah you know i didn't come out a killer or uh whatever you know what yeah I mean? so, you, you didn't go off and shoot thousand people no nah, nothing <laughs> like that no. so so far, so far. Yeah. <laughs> and then where can people get your book at um I, there's a couple stores in hollywood uh skylight books um stories um rest in peace alex um uh what's the name of that sober shop in long beach easy does it oh man richard too uh, rest in peace and um I got mine on Amazon. You got yours on Amazon? Amazon. <laughs> you can go on the Punk Hostage Press. You can uh, find Scotty. Yeah, you can find me. Um, uh, find him somewhere. Look up William exactly. S. Hayes. Yes, exactly. I got books and uh, we can work something out. You can message right. a dick dialer. You can also do him. that. Yeah. And then um, what you guys got coming up for 2023? Anything good? Yeah. Well, first, I've got, an, I've got a second book coming out really soon here. It's about skateboarding in, a, in a 1992, um, a skate trip I made from C Seattle to San Francisco and back. It's called, that's going to be called King of the Road. Mm -hmm. But we have a show coming up in, with TSOL in uh, March, March 11th? Yeah. Yeah, San Clemente. Oh, in, uh, sick. OC Tavern, it's called. Okay. It's a cool venue. I've never been there, but yeah. Rhino 39 and I think Venom's Pinks yeah. playing also. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Any record, any new albums or anything, or we have singles? Some new songs. Or? I mean, yeah. We'll probably do like another EP in not too long. Yeah. Yeah. Lazy. We actually kind recorded. We recorded in Fullerton, not far from yeah. here. And uh, um, last time we went in, and um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we uh, released our EP last year, and uh, you know, by the way, I, I listened to it on the way up. Fucking so awesome. good, dude. Thanks, Thanks, man. Definitely Thanks. good, dude. Thank you. And mm -hmm. that pod, this is um, the the interviews you man, that was touching. That was that hit. This so, is awesome. That's cool. Like, yeah, this whole deal is badass. Like yeah, well, well, we're glad to have you on the show. Thanks yeah. for having us. And then, where can people find you? Where do viewers can find you guys? Where can they get their music? You have a website. Yeah, so the Dick Dialers on Instagram, uh, the Dick Dialers on Facebook. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music. Dick all Dialers all everywhere. <laughs> we're all over the globe. We're in fucking Antarctica. We're in space. Uh, we're under. We're at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, you I think there. we got a couple plays in the in Taiwan. Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are we are international. Talk. Yeah, no, it's That's, crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Taiwan, yeah. huh? Raining in the shekels. And then before we uh, take off, um, do you all ha have anything, each one of you guys want to say something to upcoming musicians or anything like that? Yeah, oh, just keep playing, keep playing, and then, you know, find your own style, your own voice. You know, I mean, everyone has influences, but 
you know, just find your own identity. Just like everything, just like pretty much everything else you do in life. You know, you want it to be yours. Mm -hmm. So don't give up. I think I would say like, I think I've only lost money playing music and you know, I'll, I'll never stop as long as I can keep going. Like, it's just fun as hell and doing, meeting people like this. Like, it's just the, we just do it for the fun, man. Like, I'm not a good business person or whatever. Like, <laughs> I just, uh, I like the art and the music and the meeting people and adventure. And your last one. Yeah, well, if, if you like to play, just I heard about skateboarding earlier, you know what I mean? And um, don't give up. And if you're passionate about your deal, do it. You know, just the big boys used to say that, like, start your own band. You know what I mean? Like, do that shit, man. Do that and, and love it. You know, love it. You know, this is, this is about something we do for the love of it. You know, it's like, if you're playing, if you're skating or playing for the, for those kind of reasons, like, fuck off, man. I, I just, I'm, that's my take on it. You know what I mean? I mean, that's cool. If you get a gig from it, that's badass. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, whatever. This is, I've never been a fan of jocks and all that kind of whatever mentality. Yeah, Skateboarders are so individually oriented. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, I don't know. Like, even if no one cares about your band, who gives a fuck? DIYs. Do it yourself. shit like this happens. Yep, yeah. definitely. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And coming up next is Darren Cookiehead Jenkins. Yeah. What's up, man? Cheers, baby. Cheers, man. Yeah. Cheers. Damn, that's some good shit, dude. Yeah, it is, man. You buy. Where'd you Big get this up, at? Jason Rogers. Where'd you get this at? Old school homie. This is uh, you buy Jason Rogers Drink Company. Come into a, a store and a facility near you. Enjoy it cold. Long live life. Don't be like me, drinking it hot. <laughs> oh, man. How you been, dude? Oh, man, good. I'd like to start out by saying I'd like to dedicate my words to my, uh, my, my beautiful son, Miles Lewis Jenkins. Daddy loves you more than life itself. And uh, one day, uh, hopefully, you can uh, be sitting down and talking to wonderful people like I'm doing right now, man. Hell I love yeah. you, son. Hell yeah, dude. That's right. So let's, let's get into this, Sue. So what got you into skateboarding? Man, just trying to be an individual. You know, I was always, uh, um, I had a lot of energy, you know, growing up and uh, I grew up in a beach community and we were one of the few black families in the area. So, you know, I, I had a lot of friends that, you know, they surfed, they, they skateboarded, they BMXed. So I was trying to keep up with them. Sorry if I get a little emotional because this is like, this is hell deep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just, uh, I was trying to be myself. And there was a lot of stereotypes, you know, but um, what it came down to is uh, 
You know, I, I had a lot of love coming to me. So I just believed in myself and, and, and along came skateboarding because honestly, I should have been a scientist. I was a, I was a nerd. Oh, I, you I, were a nerd? Yeah. Oh, hey, dude, really? <laughs> I really, uh, I loved, uh, I loved animals, you know, reptiles and all kinds of animals. I was like, I was really into science and stuff. So my friend came by um, and one morning I discovered my BMS, BMX bike got stolen and uh, I was hella bummed out. And so he, he literally handed me a skateboard and his only words were try to keep up because everyone was on a bike. Yeah. And that was, you know, if you know, you can't keep up with a fucking bike on a skateboard. No, no, no. no. So I just kind of like fell into my own realm. And then eventually he switched to skateboarding all the time. So I had this little crew and uh, this was in Pacific Beach. And this was around the time I was in uh, junior high, at PB Junior High. Mm -hmm. And um, it just uh, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I put a piece of plywood up against the back wall of my parents' house and, and, I, and I literally rode up it and I just will never forget the sound of da-dunk, da-dunk. And I said, this is it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. This is amazing. And it was, I, all, it was only the dunk to dunk Yeah, it was just that sound, that da-dunk, da-dunk, you know, of, of, of hitting the bottom transition, going up the wall and coming down. And this was in my backyard in 84. Mm -hmm. So uh, I... I I, I felt that energy of skateboarding and uh, I didn't know anything about skate parks. I didn't know anything about a professional skateboarder. I didn't know anything about professional skateboarding. I just knew that I wanted to ride a skateboard. Mm -hmm. So let the story begin. That's right. Dude. Yeah, man. That, that's a cool story. So, so all, all started in skateboarding is by you getting your bike stolen. Homie was like, hell, catch up. Here's a board. And yep. then all you hear is dunk, dunk. Yep. Yep. And, and that's, that's amazing, dude. Yeah. And, and was it like, do you remember your first actual real board that you got? Yeah, my brother and I, I have a younger brother, Willis Jenkins. Much love, Willis. Uh, he, uh, he's about three and a half years younger than me, and, and my dad bought a brand new board, a, a Kamikaze, or mm -hmm. it was a Veriflex, something like that, but it was brand new, and it was like we had to share it. And as the older brother with the younger brother, of course, I took over. I'm like, my board. And we <laughs> fought over it all the time, and then eventually... My friends, you know, put me together a board of my own, and um, one morning, yeah, it was one morning, we were both in uh, the Boy Scouts and shit, so mm -hmm. he comes running in the house after a meeting that they had somewhere, and he's like, he's like, you're not going to believe this, bro. He's like, I seen a bunch of skateboarders and these things that look like pools or something. It was off the side of the freeway, and I'm like get out of here. No way. No way. And, and then the next, my next question was, do you remember where it was? He said, yeah, I remember exactly where it was. And so we ran, we woke my dad up from his afternoon nap. And I said, hey, Willis knows where there's a place where skateboarders gather and ride where it's for skateboarding. And my dad's like, all right, well, let, let's go. Mm -hmm. um, so that was Del Mar yeah, Skate Ranch. Legendary spot. Dude. Rest in peace, Del Mar. That was 1985. I went there and they got me a membership and it was the craziest thing because I just went through the doors and it was just a sea of blonde hair and blue eyes. And my first thought was, oh my God, I don't think I'm supposed to be here because <laughs> there was nobody there that looked like me and mm -hmm. I, was, I was scared pretty much shitless. But there was pools and there was stuff to ride and I had my gear and you know, I paid my, you know, my parents paid my admission. So literally I walked through the doors and uh, I got laughed at, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll leave those names of who the people are that laughed at me aside. But then a super nice guy named Reese Simpson came up to me and asked if he could ride my board. 
And that made me just feel really like one of them. So I let him ride my board and he, and, and he showed me around the park and then I was kind of off on my own. And pretty much that same day, there was a, there was a big ruckus in the, in the pro shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, you know, a brother walked in and, and I didn't know who this dude was, but he had, you know, his nappy little dreads that were all dyed blonde. And his name was Steve Stedham. And I didn't know that. But I mean, everyone in that park gathered around this dude. And all I thought to myself was, holy shit, this is like, this is a black dude. And they're like, they're, they're treating him like a god. Like, what is going on with this dude? He padded up, he skated, and I saw why. He was incredibly talented. And I literally was like, you know, I could be this guy, you know, I could be just like this guy if I really try hard. And uh, that set the wheels of determination and emotion that would never stop. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, let the story continue. Yeah, and so he was, your, he was the guy that you looked up to. Yeah, basically. I, I was too afraid to go up to him because he, you know, like I said, he was like a demigod to these people. He was like, he had a big crowd around him and I was afraid of the dude, like, oh, like, shit, like, this guy's dope. You never shook dope. his hand? No, I never met him. I never met him. I just watched from a distance, and uh-huh. I just, I just, in my head, I was like, You were just studying um, him, huh? Yeah, I can be this dude, you know, if I really try. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, I tell my parents, like, oh, you know, there was this guy, and he was so good, and they all loved him, and they gathered around him, and they kind of gave me this look like, uh, we're not too sure about this. Like, this might be like a one-time thing. You go in here. And I was like, no, please let me go again. And they did. They kept bringing me back and bringing me back. And, um, and eventually I figured it out, you mm-hmm. know, because I definitely asked, like, how do you keep this thing on your feet? Is it a special glue? Is it shoes that are magical? Is there something that they put on the board? Magnets or something? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Didn't, I had no clue, you know? Um, because the stuff I was seeing was so dynamic. Um, and then, like I said, once I figured it out, it was, it was game over. And uh, that's actually where I met you, Jason Rogers. Cheers to you, my man. Yeah. We, didn't, uh, we didn't know anything. We were actually inside of a pool because we didn't know how to drop in. Mm-hmm. And we both talked each other into dropping in. And that was the orange tile pool, this little peanut bowl that was aside from the main keyhole which was the, you know, the, the big battleground yeah. where all the competitions and all the good dudes rode there. So we learned to drop in together. And uh, to this day, knock on wood, I've never fallen dropping in. I made my first drop in and I've always made my drop ins. You hear that guys, you hear that? Always, it was all about bending those knees. Um, and then uh, I didn't see him for a long time. My parents, we moved from Pacific Beach. We moved about five miles inland and I'm riding my bike down the, down the street one day because I was like, you know, this, this neighborhood sucks. I got to get back to the beach. What neighborhood was that? This was in, uh, it was kind of near Terrasana. It was a place called Sara Mesa. Sara Mesa, yeah. Yeah, five miles in from the beach. And uh, basically, I'm riding my bike. I got my skateboard on my backpack. And I pass by a 7-Eleven. I see a group of skaters. I, I kind of veered over there. And, man, I don't know if it was a, just a sign of, of fate, but the dude recognized me. He's like, I know you. I was like, you don't know me. I just moved here. He's like, we skate Del Mar together and we learned how to drop in the pool. And I went, oh shit, Jason. So we became friends even tighter. And now we lived in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we had a tight crew of about, God, there was probably maybe, you know, a dozen of us. And, you know, about five of us ended up making it to the pros, man. You know, that was, that was real. We, we went through the whole NSA amateur competition together. Um, 
you know, learning, struggling, getting our first sponsorships. And I was actually a little jealous because he got sponsored by Stedham, who when I was like, you know, I was always telling him like, oh man, I used to look up to this guy and now you ride for him. Like, damn, you know, like <laughs> I want to get on, but they weren't putting me on because I wasn't good enough yet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Linda Vista Skate Park was there. And uh, there was, you know, there were San Diego legends like Peter Hewitt mm. um, and a handful of other dudes. And I mean, as a, as a young kid, Peter was legendary. He was yeah. riding for Hasoy, yeah. which was huge back then. And um, so hanging out with that group of, of, of little firecrackers, you know, you, you, you can't help but get better. Yeah. So I eventually got a shop sponsor and the last... What was the shop? It was uh, Skate Systems. Okay. They put me on the list and let me enter the contest under their label. And I ended up getting, I think, second. But everyone said I should have won, which is cool. I appreciate that. But I was a little bummed out. I had my trophy. I'm walking back to the car with my mom. And... Uh, and I get in the car, I shut the door, and I kind of I kind of teared up. I was like, you know, every all my friends are sponsored. I'm just not good enough. And as I'm finishing that sentence, there's a knock on the car window. <laughs> and I look over and it says, dude, I don't know who this dude is. Mm-hmm. And it was it ended up being Sarge Carter from oh, Tracker shit, Trucks. Shit, dude. And I opened the door and I'm like, I'm like, what's up? And he said, uh, I, I saw your runs. Would you be interested in riding tracker trucks? And I was like, uh, I looked at my mom, she looked at me, I looked at him, I said, sure. I was like, that's awesome. I told my mom, I'm like, I know what tracker trucks are. They're, you know, they're, they're a skateboard company. This is legit. Mm-hmm. So he got my address and that week I got a box of trucks and, um, and I, was, I was truly inspired, you know? And, and basically, I think within two weeks, um, the H Street video, Shackle Me Not, was, was finishing up the filming, mm-hmm. and I was skating with those guys at Linda Vista, and I mean, I had to, I, I, I was giving it my all. I was, I was still kind of a nobody, but mm-hmm. I, was, I was showing out. And Mike Ternaski and Tony Magnuson, they noticed me, and they're like, they said a few words to me, but it was nothing like official. And then Alfonso Rawls, bless your heart, he said, he said some words to him, and they ended up, you know, giving me like a shot. Mm-hmm. So they, they sent me some boards and let me get some clips in uh, after Shock Me Not was Hocus Pocus. Yeah. And uh, I ended up busting out in Hocus Pocus. I did the Stale Five. Yeah, I did some other stuff. Band- Madonnas and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did some Madonnas and finger flips. <laughs> and and, uh, I remember that and the funny here. thing with that is like, you know, we, we were there, there was about four of us filming, myself, Jason, and a couple other heads. And we, we kind of had this thought that like, okay, the guys are here. We're going to have all day to film. Like we can just kick back and let it, you know, flow. It wasn't and like it was, that. No, it was Mike Tanaski. He looked at us and he giggled. He's like, guys, you got 30 minutes. <laughs> and we were like, shit, we got 30 minutes. And everything that we did in that video happened in 30 minutes, man. Damn, see, I didn't we know just, that, dude. That's fucking awesome, dude. We let it all hang out, man. That's fucking badass. Yep, rest in peace, MT. Yep, yep. And then I'm going to go back a little bit. So do you remember so your actual first contest? Yes. You skated? Yes, I do. Um, it was uh, an NSA amateur contest. It was at Oceanside Pier. And uh, I'll never forget, my dad bought me and my brother a box of donuts. <laughs> so uh, me and my brother were scarfing down donuts. By the time they announced our names, we had the, the, the donut high had already wore off. So we're like on the downside <laughs> of this donut high and could barely skate. But I ended up getting like... I don't know. I was like top 10 and like novice, like nobody mm-hmm. status. So 
that was cool. And then my brother, he was really talented. He was good, and he probably would have placed really high, but he, he, he hit the wall hard after the donuts. So he ended up getting, like, way down there. So you but, basically beat your brother. Yeah, but he was like, three years younger, so he was okay. in a different division. But he really would have done well in his division because yeah. he, was, he was truly talented. Um, but, yeah, he, hit the, he crashed hard off the donut high. <laughs> so uh, that was my very, very first contest. And then the one after that, I got fifth place um, and got a little trophy. And like I said, little things like that kept the motivation going and mm-hmm. let me know, like, if I just keep sticking with this and learning that something good could come out of this. But I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I was just rolling with it. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit because, I, I mean, you know, when I grew up, you know, the person I grew up with skateboarding was my friend, good, good friend now still, Arthur Adams. And, you know, for him being a black skater, he wasn't being... He, he would never go to school or walk around looking like a skateboarder, would never talk about skateboarding or anything because he would be made fun of. Did you have that same thing happen when you were growing up or was it different? No, I, I did encounter some instances where, you know, I got chased around and I got made fun of. Um, but, you know, it, it was, it was just, I accepted it because I knew that I was being an individual and I never wanted to, 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 to fall into what the general stereotype for African-American young boys was back then. And, and back then, you were a break dancer, mm-hmm. you were a gangbanger, or you just, you know, you just dressed real good and got a lot of girls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You were that, that playboy type of dude. And I always had a nappy little fro. They always made fun of me. I never had the, cur- the jerry curl juice or the spray or nothing like that. I, I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I, had a, I had my share of battles, but, you know, how you like me now? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, uh, uh, and but, but look what it made you. It made you a strong person of who you are. You know what I mean? You, you, you have footprinted yourself into skateboarding. You know what I mean? You put your, you, if, if that didn't happen, you wouldn't be where you're at now, you know? Yes, true statement, true statement. You know, and so, I mean, you, and a lot of people look up to you. I mean, even... Today, people know, like, oh, you got Cookie Head Jenkins on the show? That's still hard to believe, man. Thank you, people, all for the love, man. It's still... People hyped on it, you know? I'm still a fan of skateboarding. I'm still that little kid from 85, believe it or not. That's that's hella awkward, but I just keep going because I got that fire, man. I'm an Aries, you know? (laughs) Same with Tony Hawk, man. We just, we got the drive. We just keep on driving, man. And I've always been curious, how'd you get the name Cookie Head? Okay. Uh, there was a movie, Hollywood Shuffle, it came out in 1987. It was produced by Robert Townsend, and he made this movie guerrilla style. He didn't get any support from mainstream Hollywood. He maxed out his own credit cards. He borrowed money from friends and family, and it was the funniest movie ever. And so every time my friends would come stay the night, I would put on Hollywood Shuffle. We would watch <laughs> that movie, like, religiously. And there was a character, a breakdancer, who, uh, his name was Cookiehead Jenkins, and he was so-called the world's best breakdancer. But then there was another crew that hated him, and it was Jerry Curl, the dudes that sprayed all the juice. So they ended up killing Cookie Head, no and way. his sister hired a detective to figure out the whole thing. And so Alfonso Rawls stayed the night at my house one night, and he just loved that shit. He was always calling me Cookie Head after that. And so, and so was Jason Rogers. They were, they were Cookie Head, Cookie Head. His last name was Jenkins, so it was by default. I'm, I'm fucking yeah, yeah, Cookie yeah, Head yeah. Jenkins. <laughs> so we were at an 8th Street team dinner one night, and uh, it was like... I mean, everybody, you know, Matt Hensley, all the, the, you know, Danny, Tony, Mike, all the, you know, the, the main riders were all at the dinner table. 
and there was a silence that came over the table and of all the things to be said, Alpha's at the other end, he goes, yo, cookie head, pass the salt. <laughs> everyone just dropped their utensils, looked at me, and they're like, what the hell did he just call you? And so the story had to be told and it stuck from that point on. Hell but yeah. Jason Rogers did call me cookie head a lot before that, just you know, to, to, to clear the air. But Alf put it on blast. <laughs> and then from that point on, it was like, it was stuck. And, and do you feel that like, Having Jason and Alf in your life that, that, that helped you push more in the skateboarding? Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah, because Jason was super talented. He won the amateur finals. He won, uh, he got second invert and he won mini ramp. And we were best friends. And so I was like, there was like this, this underlying competition. I was always trying to keep up with him, but he was super talented. And I was always learning shit the hard way. I would always take a slam, always take a slam. <laughs> Let me repeat that. <laughs> But Always but, take a slam. But not fall, not fall off a of drop-in. No, but never <laughs> fell on the drop-in. But just in learning the process, shit came so easy to him. Mm -hmm. and, and eventually, I would learn. And uh, that's just how it was. And then, of course, Alfonso being, you know, he was, he was Asian and, 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 and black. And to me, Alf was a, a, a positive influence on myself because mm -hmm. he represented pretty much the same where I came from, you know, like mm -hmm. it, he was just, he, Alf was a good dude and he was, Alfonso was incredibly talented. Yeah, I mean, was. it was, from I don't know. From to skateboarding. Exactly. I don't know if many people know, but it was like, when it came down to it, it was Alfonso, Danny Way. Those dudes could go trick for trick. And, and most of the time, you know, Danny would get the props because he was, he was the young phenom coming up and, mm -hmm. you know, he was a big threat to all the new pros. But Alfonso was right there trick for trick with him, man, I, I swear. And he also had a lot of artistic talent. So he got used in a lot of ways by H Street that were, were very beneficial to them. Whereas I was just, you know, your, your basic soldier out there just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, trying to throw it down. And, and when you got on A Street to, to, to realize that you're, you're riding with like people like Ron Allen and Matt Hensley yes. and, and, and names just keeps on and on and on. Uh -huh. Were you nervous? Like, what, what was your first thought when they were like, hey, we're going to put you on A Street? I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to not let them down. I, mm. wanted to, I, wanted to, I wanted to bust out. Mike Ternaski, he, he had this magic power of making you believe in yourself in a way that you couldn't convince yourself. Like, it was, it was just, it was magic. The dude was magic. Um, so when he was around, you, you did shit that you normally wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. You know, you would risk your life to make him smile. And it went without saying. But there was an underlying reward that day that we, we filmed and, and busted all that stuff in 30 minutes, um, including the Stale Five. Like, uh, like, basically a week later, I get this box. You know, UPS. I used to love when the UPS truck would come down the street because it was something <laughs> good was going to happen. Something good was going to happen. So that day... UPS man comes and he drops off a box. He goes back to his truck, he drops off another box. No way. Then he goes back and he drops off another box. It was three boxes of boards, man. It was a total of 10 boards. And I was like, holy shit, man. Damn. I just got 10 decks from H Street. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> like this was like, this was huge. You know what I mean? It was basically like everybody's board on the team and a couple extras stickers, t-shirts, all the goods, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it really made me feel like I was part of the family. That's when I was like, okay, it's on now, mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
And like I said, just the, the competitions and the progression just kept going. You know, I just got more, more comfortable with myself, more comfortable with other skaters. Um, I always considered myself an all-terrain vehicle. Like when, when there was no ramps or parks, we rode street. Mm -hmm. When there was no street, we fucking freestyled. You know what I mean? We rode every aspect of skateboarding. We, mm -hmm. just, we just, we embraced it all, so. That's pretty rad, yeah, dude. It was I mean, pretty cool, man. I mean, to come home and you see like three boxes getting dropped up from your house. I mean, it was big time. Your, your mom was probably like, "I'm not buying any shit anymore." Yeah, though. oh yeah. By then they were. By then She's, I think they were she more was like, worried no, no, about no, me. You're good. Don't yeah. even worry about boards anymore. Yeah, I think they were worried about me because I was in my room. I had punk rock music blaring, and she'd crack my door open and be like, "Oh my God, what's happening to my son? Like, is he okay? Love you, mom. I turned out okay. Jackie Jenkins. That's Mom Dukes." What kind of punk music are you listening to? I was listening to uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Okay. So if you can imagine uh, a young black mother opening the door and the first thing she hears is, I saw your mommy and your mom is dead. You know, she's like, oh my God. You know, I, I saw remember, her lying in I the pool of red, you know, and you know, all I wanted was a Pepsi, shit like that, you know, and these guys and the, the drums and the guitars and... And she, I'd have it shit she, she's, she's like this, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, she gave it Because I was, you know, she took us to church every Sunday. I wore my church clothes and... I was a good kid. But when you're at church, you're thinking, you're like, I want to go skate. Of course, yeah. Every time we get home, off with that stuff and on with my skate gear, take me to the park. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. And then, and then, I mean, that's amazing stories. Like, you know, what you have gone through and what you have done, you know, for skateboarding and, you know, being on 8th Street and everything you've done. But also, too, you had a downside on you. But then you got back into skateboarding. What got you back into the skateboarding? For sure, for sure. Well, there was a time when it was like, you know, we were the last of the vertical Jedis. There was all of us coming up in the, in the early 90s. And, and street was taking a big hold of skateboarding, you know. You had to be riding wheels that were, you know, 54 millimeters or under. Mm -hmm. You had to be wearing pants that were fucking 44 to 46 and I mean we were teenage kids who really wore like 28s to 30s so here I am in 44s you know I remember that I'm laughing and uh, I remember that, and, uh and it just kind of I didn't I didn't feel like that was where my heart was even though I loved it it was skating and I, mm -hmm. I, I, I did what I did I did my handrails and you know did my double kick flips and all that stuff but my heart was really with transition skating so that, that wasn't acceptable. So I kind of faded out for a couple of years and, uh, and I really denounced skateboarding, you know, and it hurt me real bad because I was hanging out with a pretty derelict crew of dudes and, you know, they would ask me, they're like, we heard you used to skate. I'm like, yeah, I used to skateboard, stuff like that. And then uh, one night I'm at home and the phone rings and, you know, it couldn't have been a, 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 a worse phone call to get. It was Alfonso calling me up and he's like, man, I got some bad news. Are you sitting down? I said, yeah, man, I'm sitting down. He said, man, Ternaski's dead. Mm. And I said, what? He said, yeah, man, he just died today. And I was like, dude, he's, he's fucking, he's in his 20s. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he got hit, he was in a car accident and he's dead, man. Mm. He said, you, you gotta come back. He said, the, the funeral services are happening, you gotta come back. And uh, I did, you know, and uh, Colin McKay, and uh, this is when, when the, the big separation of H Street into Plan B, mm -hmm. the big separation. So it was Danny Way, Colin McKay, and, uh, and a few other heads, and they had the, the, the Plan B ramp. And uh, they, they literally, every day, they made me skate. And I remember I had a calendar, and starting January 1st of that year, I marked every day 
I skated 363 days out of 365. Holy shit. I was sick two days with the flu, which I didn't skate. Mm -hmm. But that was that was like my my comeback, and I dedicated like everything that he made me feel. I, I just brought it out, mm -hmm. and I've never been off of a skateboard since. Hell yeah, dude. Never been off one since. Hell yes. Thank you. Thank you. And and you got a, you got some skate history. Oh for yeah, us. yeah, tell yeah. So let history. me bust out right here. Yeah, this, this is a. Uh, uh, tell us a little story about this. So this okay. has never been open, right? This is the briefcase. All right, I keep this. I have a big safe where I keep a lot of sacred memorabilia. So today is the day that this, the world gets to see the briefcase, man. I'm, in here, I feel honored on this. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. So in here, was the very first Thrasher magazine I ever got in my life. I was in junior high. And uh, my friend Jim Gingry, who's an awesome individual, he was the best skater of, of, in the Pacific Beach area at the time. I believe he handed me a magazine, which was this one right here. And he said, take this home and check it out. And I didn't know what it was, because as you can see, there's no skateboarding on the cover. There's this highlighted picture of a dude's face that says Thrasher and some stuff. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I put it in my backpack, I get home, and I open it up, and I see this. And I lost my mind. I was like, is this a skateboarding magazine? Like dedicated to skateboarding? I didn't know, you know, anything about pros. And this is, this is kind of backtracking to before I was sponsored and stuff. Sorry, you know, I'm kind of jumping around. But this was 1985. And I must have looked at this magazine and got in so much trouble in school for looking at this magazine every day. I mean, thousands of times over studying it. And, and it was, it was, it's amazing, man. I mean, there's Backside Ollie Trick Tips by Tony Magnuson, and little oh, did I know wow. I would ever get to know this dude. So, oh, I mean, there were so many things. Yeah, you know, I'd end up riding for the dude. And But what was really incredible is there was, uh, right in here, there's a, uh, what's called the glossary. And this basically had all the terms and terminology of skateboarding because back then I didn't know, you know, front side, back side, here we go. This is called Air Terms. And it has everything that you would want to know about the language of skateboarding. Because if you weren't a skateboarder and people were talking like this, they might as well be speaking Mandarin Chinese because you didn't know what the hell they were saying. They still do. Yeah. <laughs> they still so, do. yeah, I learned my basics, you know, front side air, back side air, ollie, lean, mute, indie, method, nose bones, air fakies, uh, less twist, air walks, finger flips, bonelesses. Judos, well, you're a king of the finger flips, dude. Well, you know, that came after the fact. But yeah, I, so I studied these terms. And once I knew what every one of these words meant and, 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 and what they applied to skateboarding, that made me feel more like a skateboarder. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of pushed me even deeper into it. So this, this magazine right here, right here, man, Thrasher 85. And, and, and here I got some, you know, some remnants of things that, that kind of go with my history. There's a poster of Kevin Staub here oh, sick. from the keyhole. I recently got him to sign this when we were at Tony Hawk's Vert Alert last year, or the year before, I'm sorry. And uh, it meant a lot for me to have him sign this. I actually got all, I think I teared up and got all blobbery crying all over him <laughs> and shit like that. But this was, this was the keyhole and this was Kevin Staub. And I had this as a poster in my room along Ooh. with several other pictures such and to have set. to become his friend and to have him sign this meant the world to me because this was stuff that I stared at and fantasized about like one day I could possibly do this like mm -hmm. this is this is what it's all about.
So this stuff means a whole hell of a lot to me. So I keep it, you know, cherished in, 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 a, in a very safe place. And you know, there's, there's a bunch of other things that we won't get too deep in with stuff here, but uh, this is a funny one here, because this, this is a page out of a trans world, and this is Gator. You know, he made some mistakes in life. Yep. You know, um, I don't know if anybody knows the story, but you can look it up. But in the back, back, background, there's a little dark face in the crowd, man. That's me. <laughs> okay, I was in that crowd, and that day, this dude, a punk rock dude with a big blue mohawk, picked my little ass up and put me in a position where I could actually see the contest. And I will never forget that dude. I, I don't know his name. I don't know who he is. But I loved punk rockers ever since as individuals. And this was the best competition I'd ever seen. It was the first time I'd seen pros battling out. It's Tony Hawk, Caballero. That, Soy actually wasn't there. Was that the Del, at the Del Mar? This is Del Mar, yes. This yeah. was Del Mar, the GNS. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it was the final series, Mike McGill, oh, Steve what? Caballero. Sick. And uh, this day, actually, Mike McGill, I was in a crowd of, of kids, and he hand-to-hand -hand gave me a sticker from his hand to my hand, which to this day, it's also in my safe, and it's got his fingerprint on it and my fingerprint. We were the only two people that touched that sticker. I never even cracked it, <laughs> put it on my board. It meant that much to me. So thanks, McGill. You know, you were a hero of mine. You, you, you still are high on my list. But, you know, it's just stuff like that in here that I keep, that, 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 that keeps me humble. You know, I was a huge Tony Hawk fan, you know what I mean? I ripped off the cover of a trans world. This is Tony on the cover. I remember that cover. Yep, this is him with his Airwalk ad. Oh, and I, like I said, I was a fan. I was a kid that had all this stuff in my room on the walls. I would lay there and just stare at this stuff till I went to sleep. So it was in my blood. And, and you say you got a cassette tape or something. Yeah, right? yeah, I looked in here, the cassette's not in here, but it, it's, it's kind of deep. It was, there was a point in time when I was hanging out with Gator a lot and he would teach me how to play guitar um, before the incident. And uh, we made a recording and it was super cool, man. I was super proud because I was actually getting kind of decent at it. But um, I, I, I've never played that recording or, or even, you know, really taken it out of the holster since, you know, he did what he did. And, you know, um, you know that, that just, that broke my heart, man, because uh, that dude was, uh, he was a big, he was a heavy idol of mine, you know what I mean? I'm, here I am in high school, and I remember the, one of the best days of my life was I was sitting there, you know, bragging to my friends. They're like, they're like, what are you doing after school? I'm like, dude, you're never gonna believe this. Like, Gator's coming to pick me up, and he's taking <laughs> me to Tony Hawk's to ride. How's that, were, how's that feeling? Oh man, man I was, I, it's like I'm staring at the clock going, come on, fuck, school sucks, school sucks. <laughs> like, hurry up. So, I mean, I had all my gear. So as soon as that bell rang, I ran out to the front of the school and there he was, man, he was there. And your friends were watching you get in the car. Yeah, yeah, they watched me get in the car and we took off and that was the day I went to Tony Hawk's and I, my first time riding at his ramp and that was out in Fallbrook when he mm. had the big, the spine vert ramp. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was skating so hard that day, man. I was just skating so hard. And I went, I turned on his hose and I'm drinking out of his hose. And I, you know when you feel someone's either looking at you or over you? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm sipping out of the hose and I look back and it's Tony. <laughs> and he's like, dude, what are you doing? Go in the house and get some water. <laughs> and I'm like, you mean water out of your house? Like <laughs> I'm fucking tripping, you know? Uh, he turns off the spigot on the hose 
walks me into the house and here I am drinking, you know, out of his sparklets, fucking water jug thing. I'm like thinking to myself, oh God, I'm drinking Tony Hawk's water. This is insane. <laughs> and you just went back out and kept skating hella hard. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was one of, the, one of the best days of my life, you know, as a young man coming up. And I'll never forget it. Hell yeah, dude. That's a great story right there. Thanks, man. Thank and, you. And the briefcase thing, I mean, that's Yeah, yeah. The briefcase, it's deep, man. It's deep. I got to, uh, oh, you know, I'm going to bust out one more. Rest oh. in peace. Oh. Jake Phelps. Oh, yeah. Man, you were funny. You were the only dude, the only white dude I ever seen with a pick with a fist in his office. <laughs> I went into Thrasher. He pulled it off the wall. He put it in my hair. He said, I ain't going to let you keep it, but I'm going to let you put it in your hair for a little bit. <laughs> and uh, this was his board on pocket pistols. Oh, man. And uh, I'm not sure who shot this photo, but I was, I, was, I was giving it my all at a pool shoot, and I was riding his board. Oh, but, you know, it, it, it broke my heart that he passed away. Yeah, we, had, we lost a lot of soldiers. Yeah, man. we did. We, we lost a lot of soldiers. And, you know, so like I said, this, this, this briefcase has a lot of a lot of memories, a lot of special things that, you know, this compromised a lot of dreams coming true. Things you couldn't, if you would have told me about half the shit in here, I would look at you and go, you're crazy, no way. Or skating with people that you exactly. were, just, you know, Tony Hawk. And, Places I've been, yeah. people I met. It's like, you, you, I, you gotta remember, man, I'm still a, I'm a fan to this day, so I, I get weirded out a little bit, but I just, I love skateboarding, man. Yeah, it's just in your blood, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, what, and one last question before we take off, or two more questions before we take off. Okay. What has skateboarding taught you? Don't give up. Man, you could, you could fall. You could hurt yourself. Get back up, man. Keep going. Keep trying. You're going to be a better person. Oh, yeah. And then the last question, what can you say to the upcoming skaters, the, the, the skaters that want to be pro or, or whatever they want to do in skateboarding? Don't get in it to be pro. Don't. Do what you want to do. Have fun. Let it come. Because if you, you, if you pursue skateboarding for the fame, for the glory, for the money, it's going to break your heart, man. It's going to eat you up. And it's going to spit you out because... There's next, there's somebody new right behind you. So get in it, stay in it to win it, be true to yourself, and, uh, and be kind to people. Keep a smile on your face, say hi to people, be personable, because you never know what doors it'll open for you, man. It's dreams come true, man. That's all I gotta say, dreams come true. And, and, and people, right here, the mag, the, his chest right here, his, Oh, right here, man. Definitely, it's proof right there. Dreams to show come you that true, dreams man. Dreams do come true. Dreams you come work true. hard for it, and you, like he said, smile, say hi to people, even though they don't say hi to you, still say hi to them, and absolutely, you, you never know. Because think about it, if if you wouldn't <laughs> won that contest and or got second place in that contest, and you're about to give up and be upset, and sure, there you go. There it was. There and, it is, and people. Open the door, man. It opened the door. Definitely. Man, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Miles, I hope you enjoyed this, man. Hell yeah, you know he did. little board. And well, uh, to his mom, peace, love you. And uh, everybody in this room and everybody in the sport, man, I appreciate you big time. Freddie DeSoto behind the camera. I'd like to have him come up here and sit down with yeah, me real yeah, quick, on, real quick here, before we end this up. Yep, yep, definitely. Come Freddie, on up. He, he was way before my time, but I got to give a, I got to give props where props are Hold due, on. man. We got to see what your fortune was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and before I go, <laughs> I got a fortune cookie here. Let's see what my fortune is. See what Let's go ahead and is. do this. 
What's that fortune is? No, you, you got to eat. You got to eat it, or it's not, or it don't yep. happen. Yep. Wow. Remember, you got to say in bed. What's that? You got to say in bed at the end of it. Okay. The respect of influential people will soon be yours. In bed. There we go. In bed. <laughs> Mr. Freddy DeSoto, ladies and gentlemen, who came way before me, I would like to have him say a few words, man. This is, this is legends before legends right mm -hmm. here, man. He paved the way for people like me. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Freddie. No, thank you. And, and what can you say to the upcoming skaters or anything? I, I'm going to echo what Darren said, and that is, um, yeah, don't give up. Um, there's a big life lesson in, in this thing um, we call skateboarding. Mm -hmm. And uh, just kind of conquering, overcoming, and, and you know, just overcoming your fear, because mm -hmm. um, that's a big obstacle. Um, so overcoming your fear and, and not quitting. You just got to keep trying and, and, and work your way through it. And, and before we take off, what some of the viewers don't know who you are. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Um. <laughs> <laughs> who you are, what you do. I mean. Um, so I, I, I'm a skater from back in the late 70s, early 80s, um, Freddie DeSoto. Um, skated pro for Veriflex, um, 61 years old now, still skating. You, you don't even look 61. <laughs> I thought you were like good, 45, man. 50, you man. Born in 61, I'm 61. Um, I was born in 72, y'all. So hey, 75 here. <laughs> do the math. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and just just a, a rider. Um, I've always loved riding, and and um, and really enjoy the uh, the skate world, and and my 45 plus years of friendship with a lot of the people that that Darren spoke of, mm -hmm. and um, the, the the greatest gift of skateboarding is is the friendships. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a great thing to have people that uh, that are in your corner, that are rooting for you when you're not doing. Uh, not having your best day when you're having your best day they're no matter what they're still out there rooting for you everybody's pulling for you mm -hmm. so skateboarding is a, is a great is a great gift and and do you remember your first contest oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you way back there now <laughs> um, so I think I remember skating uh, California uh, uh, championships down in uh man maybe vista or mm -hmm. something like that um i actually had a i had a broken leg in that contest no broken wrist in that contest oh wow um i think i got third in that contest um but that was back when, when you skateboarded that you had to actually do all the disciplines you had to do freestyle you had to oh do you had solemn, to this is you had to do uh vert or you know ramp skating um and which one were you the best at well, I, I mean, I've always been a, a, a vert skater, yeah. but, but in terms of doing those contests, you did all of those elements as part of as part of you know a, a, a skateboarder, mm -hmm. um, and th those are how you ended up getting your your placings. Um, so that's the first contest I think that I that I want to remember. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I remember. I don't remember a bunch. <laughs> 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 now you're doing good. You're doing good. Too many good times. Yeah, <laughs> Too many good times. Down during that time. So. And, and, and one question for you. Last question for you, is, you know, from skating from that long to to now to see what these skate contests are like to skateboarding is now, and then all of a sudden now skaters are turning pro. 
just for Insta for social media. What's your what's your thought on that? Um, probably not super uh, <laughs> <laughs> super good, but skateboarding today is is, is it's amazing, mm -hmm. especially considering from what I saw and what I came into the world of skate, you know, seeing and doing. Um, skateboarding today, you, you've got kids today that are six, seven, eight years old that are ripping more than we were ripping, you know, back in, back in that time. Yeah. And um, so the, 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 the growth of skateboarding, the, 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 how the boards have changed, um, how the skate parks have changed, how the, the, the type of terrain that's being skated now, um, a lot of this stuff is just like you would never have thought. Mm -hmm. and, and even back going to the age thing, um, when, when I was skateboarding, somebody skating into their later 20s, you know, that was considered old. Mm -hmm. um, today we still have guys in their 50s, 60s, their 60s 70s, ripping yeah. and, uh, and, and, and killing it. But, uh, you know, in terms of, of the skateboard world uh, today, um, number one, be thankful for, for what happened in the past to allow the things that are going on today mm -hmm. um, to be able to happen. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a great thing to, uh, to see and, and, and watch. And, and one thing I got to say is that uh, girls skateboarding today. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. Yes, I do. Um, 100%. I'm a big fan of, of girls skateboarding and um, a big proponent of, of, of them having their opportunity because back when there were only a few girl skaters. Mm -hmm. um, I actually happened to be a teammate of a girl skater at the time who was the best skater in the world. Her name was uh, Patty Hoffman, mm. an incredible skater. Today, there are some really good skaters. I, I, uh, I mentor a girl, it's, uh, she just turned 13, and uh, I'm hoping to be able to take her to, uh, to Egypt um, next year um, because Egypt has a little bit of a skate scene and and I would love to get her to go, you know, to a country like that where women in sports is not really yeah. a big thing, um, and let them see, hey, you guys can do this too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's skateboard is a good thing. Exactly, it's, and, a, it's a happy, make you smile thing. Yep, and yeah, think about man. it; it brought us all together. You know, I mean, if, yeah. if we didn't, you know, think about it, if you didn't skateboard, what would you be doing if you didn't skateboarding? You know. <laughs> yeah, well, I can only imagine a mischievous. Uh, <laughs> Almost would <laughs> be. There's a lot of stuff, uh, easy thing to get sidetracked uh, into. You yep, know? yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's a you know another beautiful thing about skateboarding is that it, it affords you you know uh, an output of energy mm -hmm. and um, and. You know, skateboarding is love, man. There's a lot of really good people in skateboarding. No, there is. The hundred percent, there is. And you know, and, and you just know, just like my friend Mr. Darren, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely, definitely is. And, you know, uh, I had a lot of good examples, man. I'm just, I, I, I give what I'd like to get back, mm -hmm. and that's that's a good principle for a lot of people to to roll by. You know, you don't you don't go out there and demand respect, give respect, and you get respect. Mm -hmm. You know, one hundred. Definitely is. Well, guys, just want to let you know, this is this is a wrap for TSM Live Show. <laughs> this season, is awesome. Season six, episode two. I'm your host, Tommy Zam. I want to say thank you for West Coast Skate Supply for allowing us to film Coast this Skate episode Supply. here. Thank you. Thanks for having us here, man. I want to say thank you to our sponsors for making this season happen. I want to say thank you for our guests for coming on True Skateboard Mag Live Show. 
Tune in next month for Season 6, Episode 3, because I think it's going to be so much fun. It's going to blow your mind. But sit back, enjoy, because we are going to leave you with Dick Dialers. Check them out. Love you, Bucky Lassick.